Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And welcome to episode number two of Two Toms, One Ash, where we talk all things NFL fantasy football. Listen to our inexperienced opinions as we break down who you must draft this upcoming season and who you can pick up at an absolute bargain. We're just seven weeks away from opening night where the Bills take on the Rams in SoFi Stadium, which means we're six weeks away from draft night in my living room. I'm Ash, and as always, I'm joined by the Toms. This episode, I'll ask the question, when faced with the option of these two players, who would you pick? Player A or player B? Then we'll discuss a very specific draft strategy before finishing with three rookies you should be drafting this season. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on hello at twotomsoneash.com and remember to follow, give a rating and wherever you can, leave a nice little review. Okay, that'll do from just me. On with the show. Enjoy. Then boys, let's dive in. So we'll start off this episode um, with an either or. So I thought when it gets to wherever it does get to in, in maybe the end of the first round, middle of the second, and you're weighing up a handful of receivers or a handful of running backs, tight ends, quarterbacks, whoever it might be, um, I'll just give you give you both. Um, who would you rather pick? And then obviously why. So first one I'll go for is either Devontae Adams or Jamar Chase. So Cooper Cup's already gone. Justin Jefferson's already gone. You've obviously got the options of maybe Diggs, Tyreek Hill, someone like that. But out of Devontae Adams or Jamar Chase, Charlie, who are you picking? Um, a bit of an easy one for me, really. I think based on what I said uh, last episode, uh, I think Devontae Adams for me. Um, I think the, the guy's quality and... Uh, He's now playing with a team that he's always wanted to play with. He's going to have that extra drive. Uh, and I think Chase is going to get found out this year. And I don't think he's going to have quite the year that he had last year. Not saying he's going to be a complete uh, washout, but I can't see him putting up the same numbers in terms of fantasy for uh, for this year. So for me, it's a bit of an easy decision. That's who you're picking. Good stuff. Scully, would you agree? Or are you going on Chase? It's hard to disagree, but um, but I am going to. <laughs> but I don't know if you've uh, read today as well, the, the new Madden rankings have come out, and um, I think for the third year running, Devontae Adams is in the 99 club. Um, also, he's number one out of the receivers. 
Jamar Chase is not even in the top 10 in that wow. list, which I think is ridiculous. And I've seen him tweet, it just gives him more motivation. So I think it will. I think it will put a big chip on his shoulder as well. I know it's it's only Madden, but they look at that kind of thing. And it, I think it is a big deal to, to players. So I think, uh, like I said, I think that's going to give him extra motivation, like like he said. And I think there's, there's a lot of other things that are pros and cons, but uh, for Adams... Um, he's going into a, a new look offense with a new look head, well, a new head coach, a new QB coach. Um, he's got to learn. He's got to learn all that as well as the whole offense has got to learn a new system. He's not going to be. Well, he's probably still going to be the the main man, but the receiving options that Las Vegas have got compared to Green Bay are better. So you've got Renfro, you've got Waller. Um, he was the main man at Green Bay and he also had an elite quarterback uh, in Rodgers. Carr's good, but he's not at that level. I know they've got some chemistry from playing together at college, but that was about eight years ago, nine years ago. So it's not as if it's it's recent, whereas coming on to Chase, that is recent with, um, with Burrow. Both at college, they played together again last year, and it's clear that they've got a lot of chemistry. I mean, if you look at if you look at some of the stats as well. So again, Adams is elite. There's no no getting away from that. Since 2016, he's averaged 97 receptions a season for 1,200 yards and 11.5 touchdowns. But you put that against Chase last year in his rookie season. He's got 81 receptions for 1,455 yards and 13 touchdowns. So out of, I think there's only one year out of eight or nine years, however long Adams has been in the league, that he's had a better season than that. And I think you put that with the Bengals having improved on last year with, with the O-line. I think uh, I think Chase is going to be going to be even better next season. I get what Tom's saying and what he said last week about people might have found him out. They might put more emphasis onto covering him, but I still think with the talent that Bengals have got at quarterback um, in the in the backfield as well with with Mixon and uh, with the other receivers, I don't think that they can cover him constantly and, and even when he even when he was being covered he still produced um, I mean if you look at I've mentioned he got 81 receptions he was efficient with it and he was dynamic with it he was lethal really He's, I think he averaged 18 yards uh, and his longest been 82 so uh, yeah I think he's gonna he's gonna back that up again with another good season interesting yeah it, it... Good arguments. I think when I put those two together, Jamar Chase was um, kind of receiver number two on the fantasy rankings, um, behind clearly behind Cooper Cup, but him, Jefferson, Adams, Hill, like I mentioned, that they're all much for muchness. Um, but even when I was considering after I'd kind of put that two year, I was thinking Adams maybe all day long. It's almost a bit of a not a certainty necessarily, but someone who's been there, he's done it for years compared to a rookie that. Uh, he's had his college to pack, back it up and it was a great year last year 
But you're almost kind of airing on, was it a bit of a one-off season for the Bengals? Have they been found out? I guess both of them have got tough divisions. None of them are necessarily against, like we would say, the Jags or the Texans maybe, or the Giants or the Commanders. So they're not they're not in those kind of divisions. They're both in very tough divisions. So, um, so yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one um, out of the two of those. And again, they're always just predictions anyway. I think Chase has probably got a bigger upside potentially, but um, but either way, um, good shouts and good arguments for both. I, I'd so like to just go. Sorry to interrupt, Ash. I'd like no, to just no. go back to, to say I appreciate what Scully said, uh, but the best point about. Uh, the, his whole argument was the fact that Madden agreed with my <laughs> uh, my take on it. <laughs> Any come back to that, Scully? Or that it? Madden Madden decides all, and he's not on the cover. I don't no, no, think I, is he? So there's no. There's, I think John Madden's back on the cover. So there's I don't no... know if you've played Madden recently. It's not that good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no curse. No curse on the Adams either. Um. All right, good stuff. So the next one, next one I'll put to you, which is uh, so Nick Chubb and DeAndre Swift. So uh, again, uh, in mock drafts that I've done uh, and kind of by predictions as well, it looks like both of these are going kind of late first round, early second round. Um, interestingly enough, uh, DeAndre Swift is projected a few more points than Nick Chubb. Again, all projections, but they, he is projected more points. However, he's down as running back 11 and Nick Chubb's down as running back seven. Again, slightly different players on slightly different teams. But um, Scully, I'll come to you first on this one. Nick Chubb as a Browns fan or DeAndre Swift? Yeah, this is not going to be a balanced opinion at all. (laughs) Yeah, Nick Chubb. I love the man. Uh, He's literally the the heart of the Browns offense, the, the heart of the Browns team everything he does is just brilliant he's going 1500 yards 15 touchdowns yeah that's it well we'll we'll, we'll beat that if you can charlie if you are you might agree it uh, it, it sort of goes everything uh, against everything that i believe in to say that a browns player would be better uh, and I'm tr- I've tried to sort of think, well, what are the reasons why he's not? Uh, and I'm struggling to uh, to come up with any. And I, I have to agree, I think Chubbs, uh, he just does everything for him. I think Swift, was he was he injured last year? A, f- a few games out? I think he did, yeah. There wasn't loads and they had kind of Jamal Williams as well, which they were interchanging a little bit, which it seemed like, I guess a lot of them do anyway. But yeah, sharing the load. Yeah, in terms of in terms of like numbers they were putting up last year, I mean Nick Chubb's twelve hundred, over twelve hundred for the year. Comparing that to Swift, who's put in less than half, that's just over six hundred. Um, I don't. I've seen a lot of uh, things around. I've done a few mock drafts, and I've done, I've I've looked at uh, people's predictions in terms of where uh, where people can get drafted and. DeAndre Swift seems to be up there for for a lot of people online, um, a lot of hype around him, and I don't, I, I suppose they've, they've not really got that many options. So they probably rely on him quite heavily next year. So if um, if they do that and he and he, um, he does carry it load for him, then he has got potential to score. But I think if you're trying to 
compare the two, um, I just think for uh, as much as it pains me to say, I think Chubb uh, runs away with it. So these two, and then that's why I wanted to pick these two out, almost completely different situations, completely different scenarios. If you've got someone like Chubb on a on a very good Browns offense, albeit he's sharing the load with Kareem Hunt, there's a decent tight end, a couple of receivers there, even if it is Jacoby Brissett that's that's kind of under center for well, even all season. But weighing that up against what looks like to be hopefully a new look Lions and a, and a more positive offense, it's still at best. It's Jared Goff. There's a handful of receivers. There's what TJ Hawkinson at at tight end. I think DeAndre Swift brings probably a little bit more in the in the passing game. Um, so again, I think it depends on your draft style, maybe. So again, if you want to play it safe and you want someone that's that's going to have maybe 15, 20 carries and and kind of a good average each game, then Nick Chubb's your man. If not, and you want to potentially kind of score. 20, 25 points, but albeit every other week or every third, fourth week, then then maybe DeAndre Swift does that. Good, good chat on those two. And the last one, the last couple that will that will compare, uh, so two quarterbacks, uh, and again similarish styles, but but kind of different when it comes to fantasy. So the first one being Patrick Mahomes, and the second one Kyler Murray, and again these are ranked. Or they, again, time of recording, they were ranked number two and number three in quarterback projected points for the upcoming season. Uh, so, Charlie, we'll go back to you to start with Patrick Mahomes or Kyler Murray. Who are you picking? In terms of that, what's what? Who's two and who's three? Patrick Mahomes is down for two. Kyler Murray three. Yeah, it's, I think it's a difficult one. Uh, it's interesting that they're both uh, so close. I think Mahomes maybe didn't. Get the uh, the usual hype last year. I think he was maybe um, there were some other players that overshadowed him, but I think he, he is still uh, one of, if not the best, quarterback in the league. Um, I think the big thing going forward this year is is the big change uh, on offense for both teams. Um, obviously, Mahomes has lost. A lot of big targets. Um, the obvious one being Hill. Is he still? Is, is he? Is there still going to be somebody there that's going to be able to to make that uh, long pass for him? That's going to be able to pick that up, um, getting those sort of points. Um, whereas on the other side, um, looking at Murray, I think Arizona have picked up a few players um, who could potentially assist him. So I think it's going to be a tight one. I, I, it's interesting that you say they are two and three because I would have said they were uh, very close. But I think purely based on the fact that Mahomes has been there and done it um, and he, he's, um, he's one of my favourite players anyway, I'm going to have to stick with him and sort of go with my heart over my head on this one. Um, I think the... the the um, the trades and, and the movement on both offences are, are pointing towards Murray, but with my heart, I'm going to have to stick with Mahomes and uh, I'd be picking Mahomes if if it was between the two. I think we all know you'd be picking Josh Allen with your first pick <laughs> as soon as you can, but Mahomes is maybe a close second then. <laughs> Schooling? I agree with everything Tom's just said. Um, there's nothing much to pick between them from a fantasy point of view. 
I, th I agree with Tom as well. Hill's a massive loss, but he still has a lot of chemistry with uh, Travis Kelsey. I think they're both mobile. They've both got big arms. Fantasy lover running quarterback. They'll both score through the air. They'll both score rushing. Uh, just for me, I, I agree with Tom. I, I think Mahomes tops it because his Mahomes is top three, possibly even top one quarterback for a reason. And I'm not sure Murray is. I'm not sure if if he even meets, if he's even a top 10 quarterback. He could be, but I'm just not convinced. And I just think Mahomes is a lot more effective uh, when he extends players at actually making something happen. But I think uh, Murray tries too much to extend players, goes back and forth, back and forth. And I just don't think he's as effective as um, as Mahomes. So I think, um, yeah, Mahomes for me. Yeah, I think I think I would disagree with you both again, actually. I don't, not as a quarterback. There's only one uh, Mahomes, clearly, if I was starting a franchise, I'd want Mahomes um, to my, be my quarterback. But in fantasy world, I, th I had Murray for a lot last, last season and, and I guess he started out well. But fantasy-wise, he kind of stayed up there throughout the season. Um, and I had Jalen Hurts as a backup. And, and again, very similar. And and again, did did really well. Good scoring. And I think because of those changes, because Cardinals are playing Seahawks twice this year um, and every year, whereas AFC West is a little bit of a tougher division, um, uncertainties around Hill leaving. Um, who they replaced him with? What, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster. MVS, so replaced him with okay receivers, but it's not that that kind of getting open under anything when Mahomes is scrambling around. Tyreek Hill's also scrambling around and manages to get free. Don't get me wrong, I think he'll, he'll be well up there and have a very, very good season and score shed load of points. But um, but for fantasy fantasy wise, then um, I'm going to have to go with Kyler Murray on that one, boys. Fair enough. Good stuff. So. Good segment on there. Um, we'll leave that one as a close and we'll move on to the next one. So for this new segment that I want to try and um, we'll go through every episode leading up to, to draft day and start of the season. I want to just suggest to you both a strategy each time. So, so without going into different strategies, just the one that I'm going to say that I've come across. And uh, and I'm not quite sure what I think about it. I'm drafting number 10. Charlie, I know you're number 9. And Scully, number 11? Number 12? Yep. 12th 11. in our draft? 11th in our draft. So we're all back end of the first round. And then obviously Snake's round. But a draft strategy that I've come across is, is to leave a running back, unless it is pick number 1, 2, 3, whether it's kind of your top end, maybe McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, that those kinds, but to leave your running backs until probably fifth, sixth, seventh round. Reason being, I guess the running backs, so they're a little bit more injury prone than any other position. So you pick a running back, as I do, as you could with any player, but you pick a running back in the first round. There's a good chance that that player might only play maybe half a season, maybe three quarters of a season, something like that. Um. Also, if you if you kind of don't get a running back, you probably get a head start on, again, maybe not the number one receiver, but the second best receiver or third best receiver, the best quarterback, the best tight end potentially. And then later on in the draft, so in the 
probably in the third, fourth round, you're picking up Leonard Fournette. Fifth round, you might get Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Cordrell Patterson later on in the drafts. So, so that kind of leaving those injury-prone or potentially injury-prone running backs out of the first couple of rounds um, and stocking up on your your other positions and then later on on the draft, taking taking a bit more of a punt on someone, um, whether it be a rookie or someone, a second running back, something like that. Scully, just again, without going into too many other different draft strategies that we've come across uh, for this episode, what thoughts on that one? It's interesting. I've uh, I've seen the same thing and I've been, again, trying to look at it in some of my um, mock drafts to see if it's right, see what value of uh, running back is around a little bit later. Because um, in most of the mock drafts, you see running backs going off the board first. Um, and again, I've been... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Trying to position myself in mock drafts to... um, to go at 11 so it's so it's accurate to, to what we're doing and I'm seeing that I'm having some really high value receivers uh, available to me at that high value tight end um, I mean the main one obviously being Kelsey Andrews who are available then it's it's a it's a difficult decision when all the top running backs uh, are off the board and it comes to you and then there's a bit of a drop-off between between quality, but then they're still decent enough, and there's still enough value that that if you, you can pick them up a little bit later, um, it could still it could still work out. So yeah, it's I think it's interesting. Um, I think the drop off in in value between from running backs that you can get in in the first round to to running backs that you can get possibly in the in the fifth sixth round is not as high as if you don't take a receiver early on or you don't take the top tight end early on because there's less of them so i think uh, yeah i think it's a, it's an interesting strategy i'm not sure how how it'll play out and i'm not sure what will get to me at 11 and what I'll decide to do. But um, it's, it's something that I've, I've seen. I've seen. And like I said, it's something that I'm, I'm looking into a bit more. Yeah. And I suppose, I guess going at 11 or 12, but especially 11 that you've, you've got two picks in between your first two picks, haven't you? So 
could almost predict, or if not, that you're probably happy with maybe four players. So whichever way around you go, uh, you still may be able to pick one up. But um, but yeah, but maybe just leaving leaving completely um, is that option, Charlie? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. That's I mean, uh, just to throw this out there, obviously winning last year, um, that. I obviously need to mention that. Yeah, just just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, I didn't really last year go into. Um, well, you were aware. I was sat. We I obviously went round to uh, to yours, and we were sort of draft. Had a bit of a draft pie at yours. Um, the uh, so massive fluke then, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I didn't really go into it with a strategy. I know we got. Uh, one of the other lads who sat there with a stat sheet, he'd got like an A4 paper, double-sided, written everything down. Um, and I just sort of went into it and thought, well, I'm just going to pick players that I think are going to do all right and didn't really have a strategy. And, and I sort of followed, interestingly, I ended up following the strategy of taking running backs later. Uh, Kelsey was my number one pick. Um I can't even remember who was number two, but obviously I ended up picking up Cooper Cup, but that was maybe fourth round um, off the top of my head. But running backs, I ended up with Miles Gaskin and Bar- uh, Barkley and then ended up picking uh, Patterson up off waivers. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting one. Um, and, and like you say, regarding uh, running backs being so prone to injury, um, is it worth taking such a high draft slot um, and potentially giving up on um, other less injury-prone positions um, who could score just as highly um, to to take a running back or or leave it until the later rounds? I'll be I'll be honest. The mock drafts I've done, I, I have been uh, I found the running backs that I would have taken. Um, come pick nine, have have gone. So I I have been taking that um, option to take a a more a higher ranked receiver as opposed to taking a running back that that's maybe that is sort of nine ten um, ranking because they've all been running backs that have been taken. If that's the case, come come sort of well we're all a similar position so come that position um if all the running backs have gone then taking taking a uh, a more high ranked receiver uh, and loading up there and, and in other positions like you like you said previously to Scully looking at uh on the back end you've you are you can pretty much say so long as you've got a, a bank of maybe four or five players you're happy to pick from it's unlikely all four or five are going to go um, when you come back round to taking your second pick. So it's it's definitely something that I've been doing um, and obviously followed last year without really realising that's what I, was, what I was doing. So it was obviously a winning strategy last year, so could be again this year. Yeah, thanks for thanks for the reminder. <laughs> if you look at if you look at the tiers of running back as well, so you, you your top tiers of probably elite running backs is quite small. So you've got obviously Taylor. Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, probably Austin Eckler, and then your your next tier down again, pretty pretty small. You've got Dalvin Cook, Mixon, Harris, Chubb. They're your top eight. 
they could quite easily go um, in the top eight. I mean, you might get Chase, Jefferson, Cup that might that might go there, but you're not going to get Taylor, Henry, McCaffrey, Eckler at 40 with 10. I don't think they're they're gone already. So if you look at the next tier that might come to you. Do you take Cook, Mixon, Harris and Chubb, one of them, if they're there to you at, at 10 or 9, 10, 11? Possibly. You probably would. But then the drop-off between Tier 2 and Tier 3, where you've got Swift, Williams, Jones, Fournette, Barkley, Connor, Kamara, Elliot, Akers... There's a lot of value there, but you're not going to take them first round, not even second round. And then again, you go you go down a bit more. You've got Montgomery, Gibson, um, Brees Hall's just been drafted. You mentioned Etienne earlier, Ash, Harris from from New England. Again, they're not going top five, the top six. There's a lot of value there later on in the draft. So I wouldn't worry if you don't if you don't get one of your top one of those top eight. I think there's still a lot, a lot of value left that you can pick up a running back fifth round plus. Yeah, and and, and I guess all, all these, well, all these predictions at the minute, but based that on last year, and obviously McCaffrey got injured, Barkley was still injured. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara missed time, Dalvin Cook missed time. If if and again, it maybe comes down to a little bit of luck or how you're doing in in your league, but if you're quickest on the waiver wire and you can get on there and pick up their backup they're probably not going to be a running back number one, but they're probably a decent replacement if that's the way that their playbook's set up. Um, someone like Titans last year, their kind of playbook is directed at Derek, Derek Henry. So when he went down injured, they didn't become a passing team overnight. So you can just jump in there quickly and, and pick someone like that up uh, off, off waivers or free agency. Good stuff. Well, hopefully we'll do that one every episode, but with a different draft strategy and, um, and we'll come up with some interesting ones. And I know we're, we're all towards the later rounds, but we'll probably do some as well tailored towards those in the front end of the draft. Okay, so new section for this episode. We're going to talk about rookies that we suggest that you either, you either draft or hopefully kind of pick up early on and quickly in free agency, albeit because the rookies are probably going to go in one of the later rounds. So, Charlie, I'll come to you first. Who are you picking for your standout or, or kind of one to keep an eye on, your rookie for this year? So it's been a difficult one, this. And maybe uh, post-draft, when we've done our draft, then I might be a bit more honest with people. Uh, there's quite a few that I had lined up and I thought, I can't give uh, all my, my best thoughts away here. So I've gone sort of at the middle of the road. Uh, option, uh, somebody that I do like and I would definitely pick up, uh, but definitely not somebody that would be my first choice rookie, because uh, obviously we can't be giving away all the trade secrets to you two. Uh, we'll be picking them up. Pretending if I you got a poker face. <laughs> now there's no cards in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my pick is uh, the Falcons, uh, Drake London, uh, their first round pick. Um, having looked at um, stats, obviously he was he was injured towards uh, the back end of last season, and he only ended up playing 
um, eight games. I mean, the guy's an absolute uh, beast. He played first, I think his, um, his first year at college, he played basketball. The guy's an absolute giant. Um, up in the air, watching some of his tape, the guy just, just picks the ball out of absolute nowhere. So uh, he, he shouldn't struggle transitioning to the NFL. Um, I mean, the fact he only played eight seasons last year, he's he still got over a 1,000 yards uh, receiving. So uh, it just shows the potential that he has got. Had he, had he played uh, those, those uh, other games, he, he could have been up there as um, one of the highest in terms of uh, yards and touchdowns for last year. Obviously, he was a high pick for the Falcons, but I think that the big thing that's pushing uh, me towards him in terms of fantasy is what the Falcons have done in terms of trading away. Um, they've they've lost a lot of their um, big receivers. Obviously, the top two, Calvin Ridley, uh, Russell Gage, both leaving. Uh, obviously, they've lost the quarterback as well, but they're still, they've still got a decent quarterback. And I think along with... Uh, Kyle Pitts and um, Brian Edwards, who, who the uh, Falcons have picked up as well, I think they're going to be the top. They're, they're going to be the three uh, sort of stand out. They're going to be the ones that they're the go-to. And I think out of the three of them, I think London's probably going to be the the number one. Um, so I, for me, I think rookie-wise, he's uh, he's definitely one that I'll be looking to pick up. Uh, obviously not in the first few rounds, but but certainly uh, as the draft goes on, if he's still available, I'll definitely be picking him up. Yeah, good call. And I think he he could be one of those. I guess there's a handful of receivers, isn't it, that um that were picked up early on in in this year's draft. But I, I do think, especially in our league as well, um, we operate obviously with with the with the two wide receivers plus a flex, which could be a running back, tight end, or receiver. But I think rather than maybe previous years, we might have just left completely kind of these rookie wide receivers. Um, and then if they've had a, a good game, I don't know, week two, week three, someone's picked them up. Um, I, I think we could start picking them up later on in the draft and just either sitting them on the bench or maybe starting them as a running back two, uh, sorry, receiver two or a flex maybe just in case, just in case something does happen and um, and they, and they kind of start, start scoring those touchdowns. Scully, who's your pick? So, I tried to have a look at a few things when uh, when, when making, my, making this pick, and one of them I tried to consider is their landing spot and um, the the situation that we're going into, which you'll probably not believe me when you hear who I've picked, because I and I was considering looking at uh, because of that looking at uh, again a wide receiver uh, potentially. Watson, who's gone to um, to Green Bay, again looking at that that situation, look at the quarterback, um, or Burks, who's gone to Tennessee. Obviously, they they must rate them really highly to get rid of and trade up Brown for that to to get that pick. But in the end, I went for for Garrett Wilson. I know he's landed at the Jets, but I like the Jets and I like what they're trying to do. Uh, I think they're going to be quite exciting next year. 
uh, we're going to see him obviously when we go to when we go to New York, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, and my pick really came down to to Wilson and, and Chris Olave in the end. And uh, this is where it probably comes on to the situation that they both landed in. And I, and I did pick Wilson over Olave because he's going to the Jets, and I like Zach Wilson. Again, I think they got are going to be quite quite excited next year. They also picked up a, a really good rookie running back in, in Brees Hall. So I think that that offense with, with Wilson going into his second year should be should be a lot more exciting. Um should be a lot more interesting. But I, I picked Wilson as well and, and it was difficult between him and Ole, like I said, because obviously we're both from Ohio State. Being a Browns fan, I try and keep up as much as possible with Ohio State games and, and, and their stats, etc. I see most of it just on social rather than actually the games and stuff. But um, they were both really, really successful last season. Uh, it's, they were one of the big uh, top 10 championships. They, they didn't actually play in. They opted out, both of them, to play in the, um, in the Rose Bowl game, I believe, to, um, to go to the draft. But they both had really successful seasons. Um, and I mean, if you look at that that offense that they played in last year, they Wilson went for for over a thousand yards. Um, he um, got 12, 12 touchdowns, and that's an, again an offense with Olave that went just under a thousand yards and got thirteen touchdowns. So he's used to producing and producing really well when. He's working in a in a tandem with another very very effective effective running back and and again I looked at them and I know a little bit more about those two because as we were leading up to the draft before the Browns traded away everything for uh, for Watson um, they were two of the players that the Browns were heavily linked to take obviously because they they were short at receiver after losing Beckham after losing Landry. I know we picked up Cooper, but but they still really needed to to fill a receiver spot, and those two were heavily linked because I think being out from Ohio, playing for for Ohio State, etc. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about Wilson. I think he's going to be um, definitely one to watch. But then again, I think I think uh, Olave as well for a, for a second pick for yeah. Yeah, it's, and like like we said, really with uh, with Drake London, there's a few of those receivers, isn't there? That it, I guess that we've had a few years really of good receivers coming out, and and some have really really taken off. Others have, have done okay, and then others have kind of fallen off a cliff. It seems to be Eagles receivers generally that we pick in the first round. But um, but that New York Jets offense, it's the second year quarterback, second year with that offense. I think Zach Wilson, kind of with with what. Brees Hall, if it's Michael Carter at running back, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, um, and then the CJ Uzama, Tyler Conklin at tight ends. I think he's he's got a real good offense there, and um, and he's not shy about spreading those balls around. Um, Great. <laughs> so uh, so so I think it could be. And again, that that division, Dolphins getting a little bit stronger. Bills are rock solid now. Patriots. No one knows what what they're up to, but um, but yeah, good. Again, another good pick that I think in those in that mix with probably picking up that receiver late on in your draft, um, just to sit on your bench if it need if needs be and, and just see where he sits, see if he does become 
wide receiver one for the Jets even after a few weeks. We'll, we'll see where he lands. Uh, so my pick, I'm I'm going for James Cook for for the Bills. Um, so on the Bills depth chart, he's still listed or he's listed as uh, running back number two behind Devin, Devin Singletary. Last season, I think the Singletary and Zach Moss did a little bit, but there was hardly anything that they were running. It was it was Josh Allen. Um, but looking at the stats, so Josh Allen, he threw 36 touchdowns last season. He threw 37 the year before. You've got Dawson Knox. You've got Stefan Diggs. Gabriel Davis, a wide receiver, who's, who's built up to have a big season coming up. But James Cook, so the third running back selected in this year's actual NFL draft, he's definitely a pass-catching running back. So whether he can just sit there in the backfield and hand off a little bit, but I think he's he's going to kind of come apart. And those 36, those 37 touchdowns, which are inevitable, I think, again, for Josh Allen, they've got to go somewhere and they can't all go to Stefan Diggs uh, or even to, to Dawson Knox, uh, Gabriel Davis. I think he's going to get his fair share, even if it is like as a third down running back. Um, as you mentioned previously, really, that, that kind of, if you do want to dip out of the, Top round, first round, second round of your fantasy draft, and leave a running back uh, again. That could be another one that's a bit of a punt, but it could work out that he finishes up certainly top fifteen, top ten in running back points, even not even not as a kind of down there for ninety percent of the of the, of the plays as running back. Good stuff. Thanks for that, boys. We'll leave that one there as well. And that is all we've got time for on this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Let us know, will you be picking Devontae Adams over Jamar Chase? And will you be waiting until the mid to late rounds to draft a running back? As always, you can reach us on hello at twotomswanash.com and we'd love to hear your fantasy tips too. Thanks again for joining. We'll see you on the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.